preliminary final. A lot of people say these are the best finals over and above the grand final. Preliminary finals. We're experts at it, Matthew. We've both played in prelims, never got to the main dance. But, uh, welcome, Matthew Richardson, for a start. Sportsbet AFL podcast. Good to be here, Nathan. I wouldn't say I'm an expert having played in one prelim, but uh, they certainly are great games to be involved in. And, I, reckon and great- we, I reckon we missed out on you being the great man of finals football, I reckon. You were injured for one of the final series for the Tigers. You played in a prelim. I played in two prelims. But I don't reckon we saw Richo on the big stage going bang, bang, bang. I would love to have seen you just take the game by the scruff of the neck come finals time. What would you prefer? When you kick the goal, would you yeah. prefer the, the the grog squad down at the punt road end to yeah. be going, Richo, Richo, man, or where they went, Richo? No, I like, Which I, one did you like? I think Which, I liked the slow chant... Uh, Nathan, yeah, I think. The How did that make them. you feel when that came out? Rang around the MCG. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. It's uh, what you play footy for, isn't it? So just imagine uh, tomorrow night if you're Dustin Martin or you're Jordan Degoe and you kick a goal early in the game and you got your cheer squad behind you. That's what you play footy for. Can't wait. Without a doubt, it's going to be a. What do you got your game. phone on for? You should turn that off when we start doing this. Oh, well, I should. I just. Um, uh, Is that Hummer across the Nullarbor? Maybe. Uh, I've just got a phone call from Lee Simon, who's the head of Triple M. So, right. uh, he, hi, mate, please call me. And uh, I'm just telling him that I'm doing a podcast, Lee, uh, and I will call you later. <laughs> you can't do two things at once, can you, Nathan? Um, no, no, I can't, but that's uh, that's okay. Now, what's been happening? Well, what's making news? What's, uh, what's floated your boat? Uh, I'll tell you what really strikes my imagination this time of year, Nathan, the trade whispers. Yep. Fair dinkum, if you're a reporter this time of year, you can just about make up anything you like as a trade whisper because I reckon about 5% of the trade whispers come They're all made up, aren't they? They are. I've just been listening the last few days. Now, you Tom Lynch one, you know you know he's already going to Richmond. You know yep. McGovern is leaving and he's going to Carlton. We know that. And we also know that Polak's going to North Melbourne because they've come out and said it. The rest of it is just a nonsense to me. Yeah. I, I just think they they sit there in the morning. Give us an example of some nonsense. Oh, well, there's a lot going around about GWS at the moment and their salary cap and, yep. and rumours that they have to get rid of players. So I reckon you can just about throw up any star player at the Giants at the moment and say they have to so get Dylan rid of them. Shield yeah, Dylan Shield keeps getting thrown up. He keeps getting thrown up. I haven't heard Dylan Shield say that he's leaving yet. And I haven't heard GWS say that they need to get rid of a player yet. So you can basically just keep this going for days. I, I, I'm not going to believe anything until I hear Dylan Shiel or GWS say something. And I haven't heard either of them yet. There were reports yesterday that St Kilda were offering Dylan Shiel $1.3 million over five years. Now, seriously, that that is a nonsense. That's it, some good folding I, if you get I, it, I isn't it? I just think if that comes true, I'll walk across to Perth next year if Melbourne play in the final. Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. He's a good player. You are going to gonna walk to Perth if Dylan Shield goes to St Kilda. For 1.3 a year. Yep. I mean, that's just not going to happen. I mean, I, I just think sometimes we can get carried away and just make things up this time of year. Daniel Hannabury is a very good player. They're, they're potentially getting him yeah. on. He's on 800000 a year at the moment for a three-year yeah. deal. Um, and then they're going to offer him another year on top of that. It, it's risky. Yeah. Very but, risky. And what I liked about Daniel Hannabury is, and that's another one we know is happening, so this is something you can talk about as, as a bit of fact, but Dan Hannabury even said St Kilda are, might be taking a risk. He doesn't even know if he can get back to his best. I like it when players are honest like that. But players are honest. And Luke Parker, obviously you talk about people making up trade rumours. Obviously somebody just made up a trade rumour about Luke Parker. Mm. Luke Parker went on Instagram and said there's no way I'm leaving this club. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did. And, and and I never believed that one anyway because Luke Parker struck me as a real Sydney person. Yeah. He's bought into that culture. He's the heart and soul of the club, him and Josh Kennedy in that midfield. You just knew that wasn't going to happen. You just knew. And the other one at the moment, which could be true and could not be true, is the, the Chad Wingard one. I mean, that, that seems a little bit over the top as well. Five years, a million dollars. A million dollars a year. He's when a you good put, player. Very good player. I think... At his best, I mean, you'd probably throw him in the top 10 players at his best yeah. in the comp. He was All-Australian twice. At the moment, he's he's a little bit inconsistent. But a million dollars a year when Patrick Cripps has signed for $800,000 a year. Now, yeah. you line up Patrick Cripps and yeah. Chad Wingard, yes, they're very different players, yeah. but who are you going to take? Oh, well, I'm going to take I'm going to take Cripps every day of the week because you know what you're going to get from him. Irresponsible for anybody to play a yeah. million dollars for Chad Wingard for five years. Yeah, oh, I think so. And we're not. That doesn't mean he's not a fantastic player. No. But the whole point of what we're saying here is that when you listen to these trade whispers, I reckon you can. I reckon you can divide them about ten times, and that'll be about how many are true. I reckon one in ten come off, and I reckon you can make the rest up half the time. A question I'll ask you, and it's a two-part question. Obviously, Tom Lynch has uh, said that he wants to go to Richmond Footy Club, um, and they're going to have some salary cap issues. They've got to work through that, I imagine. But playing at a football club like that, when you're winning finals, it's easier to take less. So, but they have four genuine superstars there already yeah. in Cochin, Martin, Rance, and Rewalt to add Tom Lynch, who's going to come at a million dollars a year, without think- a doubt. I think he's. I think he's come for a little bit under. A little yeah. bit under, but it's, yeah. it's still a lot it's of still money. Still a lot of money. I yeah. mean, your highest paid players are around 800, 900, yeah. So they've got yeah. potentially five players that you could pay eight hundred to a yeah. million. We know they're paying Dusty a little bit over a million, probably. Yeah. It's the unknown of Tom Lynch because their forward line's working so well at the mm. moment. Um, it is a risk and it's worth the reward, obviously, yeah. but uh, we don't know how that's going to end up. But uh, it seems like a strange one for me that they yeah. would want Tom Lynch so bad. Yeah, I understand why you say that because of the success they've had in the last two years with Jack as the lone tall. But don't forget, Jack's in his 30s now. Um, Tom Lynch has just turned 26. So you have to plan ahead. Yep. There's not... There's not anyone underneath Jack on the list at the moment that's standing out as a key forward as a a young player. So they've planned ahead. I think the thing that worked for Richmond in this situation was that all of those four guys you're talking about were already signed up. They've all added one or two years to their contracts and I think they've all taken potentially less than they could get because they're happy at the club. They're happy to see their careers out at the club. They've had success. I think they can see that they're going to be successful for another two or three years. So they want to stay and be around. Um, that's played into into the hands of Richmond with those guys taking a bit less. So they've been able to juggle the the salary cap around a little bit. Probably I, squeezes a few guys on the I periphery think, out. Yeah, it does. I mean, guys like Anthony Miles will, will leave at the end of the yep. year. So it squeezed those guys out. So a little bit of depth goes. Their VFL won't there's be as good. There's clubs after Sam Lloyd. There's yeah. clubs after Reese Conker. So if they get injuries next year, their depth could be tested if they lose those players. But I actually think if they bring in this 6-6-6 at centre bounces, it actually plays into the hands of having tall forwards, one out inside 50, so that might help Richmond and Tom Lynch. I think he'll be a good player for them. What I love is when an AFL player makes a comment, and you can tell when they make that comment that they're not really keen on that comment and they'd love to have that back. We've they all, take we, their time back. They yeah. take the time yeah, back. We've, yeah. all, we've all wanted to take back, what whether it be about? when you're talking about AFL, whether you're talking to your wife or your girlfriend, whatever. There's yeah. things that you say that as soon as you say them, you want them back. So um, Mitch McGovern, obviously yeah. a good young guy, but yeah. he's he's made a comment that he wants out of Adelaide because he's not sure where the club's going. He's not really sure that they're on the right path yet. Right. He's chosen Carlton, which makes him look a little bit silly at this point, doesn't it? Well, uh, 
doesn't quite make sense because <laughs> Adelaide have just played in a grand final and, and, you know, they still won 12 games this year and you'd think that they'll be in contention next yeah. year. So to say that, I, I think you're right. I think he would have liked his time again. Back in 2005 where we were flowing and I think we were – Six and two, and we're yeah. going up to play the Brisbane Lions, who have yeah. just won uh, the last three out of the last four premierships. So they yeah. were on that three-peat winning run, and they are flying at the moment. We're going up to Brisbane, um, and we're six and two. We don't know how good we are yet, but I did a, a press conference out the front of the club, um, and uh, I started speaking about top four. Now, right. we're only eight games in at this stage, Matthew. <laughs> and I said, yeah, we've got to be aiming for the so top four. So you weren't four. taking it one week at a time. I wasn't taking it one week at a time. I was looking well ahead. We're coming up against not like you. easily the best side that has been in the history of the competition. They've just won a three-peat, and I'm talking top four. And then I thought about it that night, and nobody had said anything to me at the club. And I thought about it, and I thought, oh. Don't know if I should have said that. Don't know that. whether I should have said that, but maybe it's okay because nobody said anything. I got to the, uh, the airport the next morning, and uh, – Plough looks at me, he goes, top four, eh? He goes, yeah, I wouldn't have been saying that. And then he just walked off and gave me that stupid look he gives where right. you don't know whether he's joking or not. Right. Yeah. And anyway, we're out there and I walked down to my position, which was uh, in the forward end with you, and Chris Johnson's come up and he has given me the biggest hip and shoulder. He's gone, top four, eh? You think you're going to be top four? We'll see at the end of this game, won't we? And I thought, What did we lose by? <laughs> no, we won. Oh, we won, <laughs> yeah. did we? <laughs> but at that stage, I was, I was starting to really worry about myself. And that's one of those p- times where when you speak in the media, it is everywhere. It's yeah, not just yeah, a yeah. private conversation and, and you always want some things back. And that's why players are loath to say anything yeah. because it can come back and bite you and that's why we do this whole one week at a time thing. Uh, I've got a similar one that I can remember. It was round. It was before round one, I think it was 2001 or 2002. I'm not 100% sure, but we were playing Carlton round one and the day before the game, I did an interview with Mark Robinson at the Great Northern Hotel up in uh, Rathdown Street Robbo. in Carlton. Yeah, sat down with Robbo. He for had a dart? A, yeah, he had a dart, which surprised me when he was interviewing a footballer. Over, over, over big overhanging suit? I've, had, I can't remember what he had on, Nathan, <laughs> but we were sitting in the beer garden of a pub, which mm. is probably not ideal. We're having a counter lunch. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we went through this expansive interview about what I wanted for, for the rest of the year for myself and the club. And uh, Robbo asked me if I'd like to be captain of the club one day. Mm-hmm. And I put it uh, on the table in no uncertain terms that I would love to be captain and I really think that I've matured and I'm ready for the role. <laughs> <laughs> the next night was uh, probably the worst incident in my career with my body language <laughs> and all that sort of thing. I... Uh, I went uh, overboard. I was dropped from the team uh, that week mm-hmm. by Danny Frawley for the, for carrying on. And Mark Robinson printed in the paper the next day, all of this from a man who says that he's ready to be captain. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had my time again there. I don't think I was ready. What about our, our great mate Wayne Campbell, who's obviously at the, at the GWS now, but he was our captain uh, for a long time, yeah. and there was rumours that he was going to be leaving the football club and then decided to do a press conference and say that he was actually thinking about he leaving going, the football club North to North Melbourne, Melbourne yeah. because he wasn't sure, like Mitch McGovern, where, where the, the direction of the club was yeah. going. That's um, right. Eventually, he came to his senses, Walker, and uh, and said that, no, I'm going to stay at Richmond. But privately, he made a comment to me and you and yeah. a lot of the other Richmond yeah. teammates, which we, we, we still remind him about this yeah. day. Yeah, he did. He said... Uh, when he was questioning the direction of the club and why he was leaving, and we questioned whether he was maybe potentially leaving for a little bit of coin, which most players, have, that's why they're really yeah, leaving. That's what I did. And he said, 
I don't need to leave for coin. I make more money in my pubs. He had the Swan Hotel. We've never let him forget that, have we? Nah. All right, anyway. let's get into the games. And there's obviously two games. Best round of the season, I reckon, preliminary final. The first one, Richmond-Collingwood, Friday night. Richmond are $1.38. Collingwood are $3.15. We did open Richmond at uh, $1.40, so they've come in $1.38. We'd opened Collingwood at $3, so they've moved out to $3.15. The line in this game at the moment is... Um, as I bring up 16 and a half. So we're giving Collingwood a 16 and a half point head start. Gee, that that seems short to me, a dollar thirty-eight. I mean this really is short. this is a prelim final. I don't reckon many prelim finals start at that, Nathan. So that that surprises me a little bit. Uh Collingwood, I mean, they've defied expectations all year. Every time you maybe think that they're going to drop off a little bit, they keep producing. Their injury list now isn't you know, isn't as big as what it was. They've got players back, obviously Howe's back, Trelaw's back. Their midfield is outstanding. You have a look at the depth through that midfield side, bottom, Pendlebury, Taylor Adams, Trelaw back. Um, it's just got a lot of depth. Dugowie can roll through there. So the midfield battles always where it's won and lost, the contested footy. Collingwood are great at that. They, they never lose that. Richmond, they don't rely on the contested footy quite as much. Um so I think it'll be red hot early. I honestly think that the trip to Perth and the six-day break may hurt Collingwood in the second half. We know Richmond are a team that finishes off strongly. Their last quarters are unbelievable. So I think it's going to be super close. I just get the feeling it might go the way of their two other clashes this year. Three-quarter time, yeah, be close. Being tight, both games at three-quarter time, Richmond have kicked away. Um, but I think that line's probably, probably about right. I'd expect Richmond to win by three or four goals. You made an interesting point. Uh, you spoke about how Collingwood have got to come back from Perth. It seems like we've been making these excuses to knock Collingwood um, yeah. time and time again, yeah, no, saying right. that they're not going to bat, but they continually do it. Yeah. Um, the point I worry about Collingwood is where they kick their goals from this week because I don't yeah. think Jordan Dugowie, well, he won't. He won't get as much space as what he did yeah. last week. I couldn't fathom why GWS played him yeah, from behind he, all night. Yeah, and, and let him come out of the goal square with no one in front. It didn't make sense. But the hardest – thing to do when you're his size and I'm similar height to him because you don't have that height to to contest a mark and jump over the top. Yeah. So you have to lead towards the boundaries. Yeah. If you stand 10 metres in front of him, he has to lead wide yeah. or do something special and jump over the top, which he can't do. So I don't – and I think um, obviously Dylan Grimes will go to him, have first I, crack at him. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% no? on that. Grimes appears to be the right matchup, doesn't yeah. he? He's got pace and he's great one-on-one. But I still <laughs> think they like Grants to be the deepest defender, even if Dugowie starts in the goal square. Right. They might start with Rance, and if Dugowie kicks one early, that they might swap it around. But you're right. If Dugowie gets up the ground, I reckon Grimes is, is the better matchup. So Asprey goes to Mason Cox? Yeah, Asprey to Cox. He's uh, due a big one, Cox. Now, he had, a, he had a shocker in the first week of the finals. I thought last week didn't get his hands on the footy enough, but what he did, he competed. In. Important he, role. He's never outmarked Mason Cox. No. He's got his knockers, obviously, the fact that he doesn't get a lot of the footy, but he did not get outmarked last week, which is a, which is a pretty good sign. He, uh, Phil Davis had no influence on the game. And the problem with him is you get a bit nervous if you're playing on him, what, if he starts reaching for his marks inside 50, because what can you do? You, you, you can't get the ball. You're going to chop his arms. So, yeah, Asprey will get him. Look, Cox's role's important. He doesn't have to mark it. He just needs to make sure he gets a contest and, and bring it to ground. Uh, that's an important matchup. Down the other end, though, Brownie, who matches up Revolt? I, I mean, Goldsack will go to him, but I'm, I'm not sure that's a great matchup. Goldsack, well, you wouldn't have thought Goldsack would do a great job on um, Josh Kennedy, but for a half a yeah, footy, he did. He did. Um, the other one, they roll through. 
So the tall defenders is Jeremy Howe, does a pretty good job. Obviously, he'll not, play on caddy, I reckon. Not as strong, but um, yeah, Jack Rewalt, Tyson Goldsack has to get first crack. I don't think they've got. Well, they haven't got another option. Well, Ben Reid, they've been Ben Reid's not coming in, so he won't play. We don't know the teams of the makeup at the moment, but I would have thought Goldsack has first crack at Jack Rewalt and um, Dustin Martin, whether he starts in the middle or out of the goal square, I think he's probably going to get um, Maynard. Yeah, Maynard will probably go to him out of the goal square. Yeah. Does um, or does Greenwood go to him? I know Greenwood's on record Mid- saying that he'd like to go to him. Yeah, I think Dustin- Greenwood's been playing. Uh, Greenwood's been playing half back. Yeah, Dustin got him when he went forward last time they he played. Great, he only had eighteen touches, but he kicked three, three goals when he went forward. So I reckon they'll roll Maynard over if he goes forward. Greenwood through the midfield uh, might match up on him. Maynard did a good job on Toby Green last week. Yeah, he did. Well, Toby Green did look sore last week. He looked like second up, like a player who was second up and, and hitting. They, and they didn't get any ball to him, one-on-one. No. On one. So, yeah, interesting. The other match-up, of course, is Grundy and Nankervis, really suited to each other. I reckon this year they've gone one each. I reckon the first time they played, Nank actually got him, had 29 touches yeah. around the ground. Uh, the second time, Grundy probably got Nank Curvis. Similar, they get after the ball at ground level, both really good around the ground. So that's the other big matchup to keep our look out on. Fascinated to see how Jaden Stevenson um, comes back from last week. Uh, unbelievable young talent, won the yeah. rising star, but they targeted him last week. So I uh, uh, spoke to a couple of people at GWS who said they specifically yeah. targeted him to see how tough he was. Didn't touch the ball a lot, seven touches, kicked three behind, so mm. he could have kicked two goals, one. But if a lot of effort goes into Jordan Dugowie, Mason Cox, Jaden Stevenson is a guy that can tear the game apart in five minutes. Yeah, and Hoskin Elliott as well. I mean, all of their forwards are those hybrid Mobile. type forwards. They're dangerous. It's a very dangerous forward line. It's a little bit like Melbourne's forward line. So, yeah, I just think they haven't scored over 75 points in their last three games. Um I think think Richmond have got the ability to to kick a few more points and I just think late in the game that that they'll get them, but uh, it's going to be close. It's not going to be a blowout. So that's where I reckon there's some value in this game because the total game points at the moment, the line's 160. Now, I think it's going to be under that. In a final, I think these two sides are going to lock it down. Hawthorne's first final against um, uh, Richmond's first final against Hawthorne was 159, so it was below that. And I thought that was a pretty open game for a final. Collingwood last week, 69 to 59 against GWS. So they've been low scoring and their first one totaled 156. Um, GWS against Sydney, 79 to 30. Melbourne to Geelong, 75 to 46. So all finals so far have been low scoring, except the Hawthorne-Melbourne one, which is 104 to 71. But that was an open game. So under 160, Oregon's a pretty good bet in this game. Yeah, I agree with that, Nathan. Just before we get on to the next game, I've just got a a quick bone to pick. This whole Dustin Martin farce that's that's been going on for a week. The corky. Yeah, and it was reported, you know, (laughs) late last week that he was in doubt uh, on AFL.com. He he had an injury concern. Uh, Daniel Rioli that same day hurt his finger at training. Rioli actually spoke to the media that day and was asked about Dustin Martin and Rioli said he had a corky. I don't think Daniel Rioli would know how to make something up. You know, Mm. he's a young kid and he just said, he told the truth. Yeah, he's got a corky. So for the next six days, we had to go through this farce where something else is wrong with Martin. He's got a mystery injury. You know, he's not right. (laughs) Is he going to play? Isn't he going to play? Every time he looked at Twitter or got online, we were still questioning what was wrong with Dustin Martin. Neil Baum came out and said every single day, he's fine. He'll play. It's already on record that he's got a corky from Daniel Rioli. So why do they have to go into more detail? You're getting upset about Uh, it, Well, lo and behold, yesterday, Damien Hardwick comes out. Yeah, he's going to play, but he's had a corky. 
Crocky. <laughs> we knew that all along. Why can't this, we just? This t- shouldn't bother you as much as nah, what it is. No, it does, mate. It really annoys me. <laughs> why? Why don't we believe what people say in this industry? Because a lot of people in our industry lie. Why can't we just take Daniel Rioli's word last Friday that he had a corky? I'd take Daniel Rioli's word over a coach's word. Right. Well, yeah. Well, the coaches can maybe sometimes fudge you only the have, truth. You only have to look at Adelaide this year and what they've been through to realise that you don't trust a football club. <laughs> but right. a young man like Daniel Rioli, yes, you trust it's, every day of the week because he wouldn't know how to lie. He just made a comment, yeah, he's got a corky. It's got under my skin. That's well, all it I'm shouldn't. saying. You should leave those sort of things alone. Like, well, I'll give you an example this morning. Um, and I admit it was my fault rolling up at school. I yeah. said to my wife because we were running late um, – to go to somewhere else, I had to drop the kids off, and it's called kiss and go, so you don't right. walk them to school. So I said, sometimes I just park behind this car here, and it's a, yeah. a no-standing zone, but it's just a quick and easy yeah. get out. Yeah. And she goes, no worries, so I pulled over. <clears throat> and at this stage, there's cars going everywhere, there's cars backed up, so I didn't want to get in anyone's way. So I got out of the car, and there's this guy standing on the on the road, and his, his daughter is in my my Helena's class in grade right. one, right. but I've never met him before. Right. And he goes, oh, well, isn't this great? Started clapping his hands. He goes, why don't you just park wherever you damn well feel like it and just why don't you shit on everybody else? Are you serious? I'm looking at him going, and at this stage I'm just trying to get the kids out of the car and not make a scene. And then uh, he starts taking a photo of the car. And I'm like, oh, he's got your rego, hasn't he? I don't know. He's taking a photo, car, photo of the car side on. Oh, and then he goes, around. I said, mate, you can't take a photo of the car. This is the first time I've spoken to him. He goes, I can do whatever I bloody well please. Oh. <laughs> I said, okay, mate. <laughs> and then he goes around the front and takes a photo of the car. And he goes, and you should be showing a better example to your children, shouldn't you? You should be ashamed of yourself. This is like, this is a, think of the loudest person you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's got, and this, this is, is on the corner. Of school, right? Is this in front of other parents and children? There's other parents there. Yeah. So I'm holding the two girls' hands and I'm like, just keep calm, calm down. And I could see by this stage, my, my kids are six and seven. They've both got tears in their eyes wondering mm-hmm. why this guy's shouting at me. Right. And I said, mate, let's just um, worry about this when the kids aren't here and me and you'll sort it out, eh? Oh. And so I walked across the road and he goes, yeah, when nobody's here, I'll hurt you. Oh, no. <laughs> and then the kids are going, why is he saying he's going to hurt you, Daddy? I said, I, I don't know, girls. I'm not really sure. Those sort of things, pompous assholes get under my Did you my, let it go? I let it go. Well, Matt. well done. You, I had to let it go. Congratulations. Had to let it go. Well, you had to. Had to. There was a lot of people around. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a bad morning, that guy, hasn't he? Oh. He's had a bad <laughs> I'll tell you morning. what, <laughs> he deserves one, but he, oh, you just can't. Can well, you? you did well to just let it go. Mm. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's have a look at this game. I don't know why I went there. Don't I, don't know why, know. I don't know why I brought it up. I like it, though. West Coast, I like a, your control. $1.80, Melbourne, $2.05. The line in this game is two and a half, so it's pretty much inconsequential. The total points over and under 171. Pretty bullish about Melbourne. I think I their midfield, um, they have the toughest midfield yeah. in the competition. So the starting guys in there, you've got Oliver, you've got um, Brayshaw, Viney, Brayshaw Harms. and Harms. Four That's as hard as it gets. of the toughest players, but four players who can use the footy well. Yeah. Harms kicks goals, Harms gets off players. I, I just don't see West Coast being able to go with those four inside tough midfielders. And then they've, got, they've just got a good balance at the moment, Melbourne. The issue is, can they stop Kennedy? Yeah. Can they stop Darling? 
but that starts in the midfield. If they yeah. don't give them first use, which Max Gorn hopefully doesn't, mm. I can't see West Coast getting enough ball to damage Melbourne in the defensive end. No, they've lost the contested footy only once this year, broke even on another occasion, but... I mean, they're going to do that. They're going to win the contested football through the middle of the ground. If they do that and they just get the ball moving quickly and they, they keep it moving fast, I, I just think their hybrid forward line, Shepard's a huge out because he's their quickest, yep. probably best small defender. Uh, you know, he would have taken Melksham or Petrarca or one of those really dangerous sort of guys that are mobile at half forward. I just think they get enough control. They're the highest scoring team in the comp. If they put enough pressure on back the other way, which they have since round 16, they've been the best defence in the comp as well. They've got a great balance now. If Kennedy and Darling don't get enough clean ball, I just can't see the Eagles winning. But, gee, it's, it's amazing that we're saying that. They're mm. going to Perth to yeah. play at Optus Stadium in a prelim. But, yeah, I think I'm going to tip Melbourne if as well. Melbourne's midfield play the way they have in the first two finals, I don't think West Coast can get enough ball to Darling and Kennedy. But Darling and Kennedy can kick the winning yeah, score can. if they do get enough. Um I, McGovern is going to sit in the hole in front of Tom McDonald all day. So it's going to be how Melbourne use the ball going inside forward 50. They can't just bomb it long, which yeah. they don't really anyway, no. Melbourne. They've got um, some good uh, leading players in McDonald and Wiedemann. McDonald looked really good when he's on the lead. So too does Melksham. Um, can't speak highly enough of Petrarca's final mm. series so far. Mm. Hasn't had the disposals of what other players have, but every time he gets it, something happens. he creates something. His hands and his vision in trouble. Um, it's all, the, I'm going to not say it's Greg Williams-like, but it's similar. He's a very, very good player in traffic. That's his basketball background. I mean, most basketballers are good in traffic. He's the same. Every single one of their forwards is dangerous. Wiedemann's dangerous. Petrarca's dangerous. Vandenberg is dangerous. Yep. Mel- and when he's down there. Melksham is dangerous one-on-one. Uh, and Tom McDonald's kicked over 50 goals. All of them can mark the footy. Uh, they've got more options, I think, I think than the Eagles moving forward. So I'm going to tip an upset here. I'm yeah. going to go for Melbourne. I am going to tip Melbourne as well. Uh, let's have a quick look at the Brownlow medal. Um, so we're tipping Richmond to play Melbourne in the grand final. Yeah, I think so. Tom Mitch- that be a good grand final. That'd be a great quietly. grand final. Tom Mitchell, a dollar sixty to win the Brownlow. Dustin Martin, seven dollars. What, what was Dusty last year? He started the count at a dollar fifteen. Right. So the year before, Dangerfield started at a dollar twenty-five. So it's a bit more open this year, isn't it? A little bit. Tom Mitchell got into a dollar thirty, but then Martin had those good games early. There's there's some thought here. Our traders think Dustin Martin will vote in five of the last six games. Yeah. And there's a fair chance he'll vote in probably five of the first six games. Yeah. Big patch in the middle where he doesn't. It's just whether he gets enough votes um, at either end. Max Gorn, $9. Cripps at 10 Grundy, 16 Beam, 17 This um, Cripps at 10 like, they've only won, what, two games? Yeah, it's hard, yeah. I, I can't see Cripps getting enough. Nah. You need three voters He's to win He's going to get a heap of ones and twos, I reckon, Cripps, but he can't win. He can't win because they just didn't win enough games of footy. I can't see somebody coming from the clouds to win it. No. I mean, they don't vote for Ruckman, so you've got two Ruckman in the top five, Max Gorn and Brody Grundy. Um, if I was going to say anyone at Collingwood, I'd, I'd imagine Steele's side bottom at 51 bucks might get the most votes for them. Yeah. I'm just – I mean, Gaff would have had a lot of votes when he – when he went down with the suspension, but I can't see anyone. Yo will get a few. I can't see anyone else from the Eagles getting up. So I think it's Mitchell or Martin or Gorn. Gorn's the one who could, you know, potentially cause a little bit of an upset. In saying that, when I mean upset, 
normally you don't ruckman yeah. or key position players don't win. So that would still be an upset, I think. Where there is some value, I reckon, is in the AFL Brownlow teams markets. You can go and punt on your own team. So I'll, I'll pick out the main ones that have been playing in the finals. Uh, but Collingwood is the one that interests me. I know Brody Grundy's had a great year. He's a dollar twenty-five to get What's the most side votes. Bottom there? Three seventy-five. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be looking yeah, at side bottom. Me too. Pendlebury eight dollars. You got Taylor Adams at thirty-four. Trelaw fifty-one. But uh, for me, he, he, he's great value at three seventy-five. Yeah, I think side bottom's the one. He he could get more votes than Grundy, so that that'd be worth having a look at. Geelong's an interesting one. You'd imagine Paddy Dangerfield will get a lot of votes at a dollar fourteen, but Gary Ablett's at five fifty. He's had some big games, Gary Ablett. I reckon he still had five or six games where he where he could get the three votes, Ablett. Joel Selwood ten, Tim Kelly fifteen, Tommy Hawkins kicked bags of five a couple of times, is six a couple of seven. So that's at least twelve votes just mm. from three voters, but not enough. Not enough. He's not going to get three when he kicked four or five, is he? No, you'd imagine Dustin Martin gets the most votes uh, for Richmond. Then you've got an interesting one, Andrew, Andrew Gaff, who missed the last few games, but yeah. I think will poke poll very well. Elliot Yeo's the favourite, $1.60. I think Andrew Gaff gets more votes than Elliot Yeo, $2.15. Yeah, he does. And I, Look, Cochin will still get five or six threes, I reckon. He's, through the middle of the year, he had some great games. So what we've got is most votes without Martin. So we think Martin's going to get it. Trent Cochin's $1.50 without Martin. Yeah. Then you've got Kane Lambert, four fifty, along with no. Rewalt. And Josh Caddy at nine dollars. Yeah, I mean Caddy, Caddy kicked four six times, but is four enough? Probably not. Jack had two or three huge games. I think he'll get probably three, three threes. The Sydney game, the game where he kicked ten, and there yep. was one other game that I just can't remember off the top of my head. But I reckon he had three that were best on. But no, nah, Cochin's the next best at Richmond. Yeah. You're right, though. The big three voters, Jack will pull them. Yeah. Most votes at Sydney, Lance Franklin, $1.80, Josh Kennedy, two fifty, Isaac Heaney, $8, uh, Jake Lloyd, 10 Luke Just Parker, 12 Lloyd gets 30 every week off half back. but You don't notice him, do you? Yeah, you don't. You look at the end of the game and you go, oh, Jake Lloyd's had 30. Yeah, I'm not sure the umpires will notice him. Now, um, and the last one we will look at, most votes for Melbourne who are playing this weekend. Maxi Gorn is $1.40. Clayton Oliver, two seventy five. Oliver's going to pull well. I like that. I like Oliver. That's 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 one to have a look at. That's yep. a bit like side bottom. Three seventy five a side bottom I mean, is a beauty. The Ruckman have had so much publicity, but Oliver and side bottom could quite easily get more votes than Gorn and Grundy. And I'm pretty sure we're rolling with a with a promo. Uh, for this Brownlow teams market. I might be wrong, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Well, are you going to go with it if you're going to be wrong? Like, no, no, no. I, there's a there's a promo. Right. I think it is. So you can choose four yeah. um, as a multi, and if one leg fails, you get your cash back up right. to 50 bucks in bonus bets. That's what I think is the promo. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. But you'd throw side bottom in there at 375. Yeah. So if you do get it wrong, he's the one you get wrong, and then you'd probably take shorties on the other end. Yeah. We didn't now. We didn't touch on Hummer just before we finish up, but – what goes on with this man? Does he work well, here or not? He does work here. All of a sudden, I, I find out the other day, him and um, Paddy Garcia, who works here, uh, who's a massive Melbourne supporter, they've just decided to drive to Perth. They've, hi- they've got a Humvee or whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but yeah. uh, they're driving to Perth. And so is this part of their work, job? It's a work gig. Geez, he's got a, a good job. A great job. He's been in Germany this year. Yeah. He's been all over the place, and he had a writer's week up in the Gold Coast. And, and all of a sudden, he goes. He, it's all about content. It's all about right. social media content. So they right. put it on um, Facebook Live. They put it on Instagram. They put it on Twitter. And they just oh, – They'll, get, they'll pe- get some good content. The punters across, love it. 
Across the Nullarbor, there'll be some great content for about 2,000 kilometres yeah. where the road doesn't change. You know, it'd be funny. <laughs> I'd love it if they broke down. Oh, wouldn't that be In great? the middle of the desert where a lot of people have gone missing. Oh. You know. <laughs> I can just see them breaking down. <laughs> I'd love it if they did. What's that movie where the backpackers break down? Um, no, we got, don't. It's got uh, the bloke Jared in it. Yeah, um, yeah, no, we won't go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just a quick one with the yeah. Brownlow medal. Just a word of warning. Uh, to players that go. Are to you the, going? No, no, I'm not. But um, I remember going to the Brownlow probably in the mid 2000s, yeah. and it was back when they allowed you to probably have a few more beers at the Brownlow. The AFL keep a tight control on that now because yeah. of what happened with uh, Fev that year. But, <laughs> but <laughs> good on you, Fev. But um, I remember one year uh, rocking up to the Brownlow, and I bumped into Jonathan Brown on the way in, and he mm. sort of said. You know, every time you get a vote or I get a vote, you know, we'll we'll cheers and tip the glass up. Uh, Brownie went quite well that year, and as we know, Brownie doesn't mind a few yeah. froffies. I've got no idea how I got home from the Brownlow that year. So just for a big man, you're not a great drinker, are you? No, sometimes <laughs> I can come unstuck. Now, if you're a young player going to a Brownlow, don't get caught up with someone like a Jonathan Brown because the night can end in tears. Is that all you got? That's it. That's year. it. Well, it's going to be a great weekend. Good luck. Uh, our best in the racing is race two, lucky for all. What about Simon Marshall's tip out there? Uh, yeah. He had race one, number one up in Sydney, which is called Gem Song, something like that. So, Rose Hill. Um, yep. Not sure about Simon's shoes out there. What did you think of the shoes he had on? No, I like Simon. He always looks No, no, good. I didn't ask you about Simon. I asked you about his <laughs> shoes. No, I liked him. <laughs> See you next week, Nathan. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly.